Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and we're at the end of the year, or almost at the end of the year. I'm technically not at the end of the year, it's the end of November as I'm recording. And this is my favourite time of year. It's the best of lists are coming out and I'm going like slightly earlier than usual and delighted to be joined by Zara Hederman. Hello, how are you? In, uh, you've been on the podcast a couple of times uh, the past year, first time in person. Yeah. And are you excited about discussing 2018? Looking back, we could go in-depth on Trump and Brexit. We Your could. thoughts on both, but I guess we'll stick to the music. Yeah. Really. For, uh, first off, how was the year for you? It seems like it was a good year for you, writing reviews for the Irish Times now. Yeah. Regular for Totally Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> You've written for The Journal as well. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> uh, Guilty other, other stuff? Other stuff? No, that seems to be the thin air still. The thin air, yeah. Uh, one of my, my OG, my OG <laughs> site. I've been kind of doing a bit more like writing outside of music. So I wrote about death this year, which was quite interesting. Cover, cover story on Totally Dublin. Yeah. I must pick that up. Yeah, so that was really cool to talk to undertakers instead of musicians um, for a little bit. But yeah, no, it was a good year. It's very exciting. And left you in a good headspace afterwards, I presume. It left me in a very tired headspace, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being sat in front of a massive turkey and stuffing soon. <laughs> uh, do you think it was a good year for music? Wow, no beating around the bush straight yeah, in. Yeah, straight in. Um, yeah, I I do think it was a good year for music. I don't think it was the best year in the last couple of years. For Irish music, I think it was great. Definitely better than last year. For international albums and bands, it was a very interesting year, I feel. We had like people like, I don't know, Franz Ferdinand coming back. Franz Ferdinand, the first band you're going to pick to name on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You've set a precedent. <laughs> Razor Light coming back yeah. in 2019. Like, yeah, that was one thing that like really struck me was how a lot of bands that were prominent like during my teen years and like just remind like, uh, looking at the album list from this year um, I kind of felt like I was in my secondary school again like I could just see all the corridors with like Arctic Monkeys releasing an album Gorillas, they came back Interpol Suede they came back as well with an album yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of them that I'm just not interested in anymore yeah like Interpol I mean I didn't even consider going to their three night stint at the Olympia just because it was like I've, I saw them like 10 years ago I don't feel like they're gonna be that relevant anymore yeah. people still love them but I listened yeah I listened to that album at Marauder it's very much an Interpol album I think if you didn't listen to it you could kind of you'd know what was going on you'd know where they were at um the kind the album from that vein that surprised me that I actually really enjoyed was the Capera one because she had been gone for about eight years and actually one of my highlights of 2018 musically was her uh cover of rihanna's stay oh okay i've never really connected with cat power i just i just feel like i'm missing something i listened to the album and i was so bored by it oh. i was just like man is anything is anything going to happen but i feel <laughs> like i'm just kind of that you just have to keep playing it and keep playing it and then finally it clicks with you yeah because um i probably only listened to it once or twice and as i said i was just a little bored by it you know yeah so but there was a lot of really big releases as well i guess the biggest is jay-z and beyonce's collaborative album mm. uh which was kind of surprise released as well but i think when once you're seeing that you know like oh it's been 
a good year for music. I guess we'll kind of get into uh, some of these a little bit later on. One other question before we do uh, kind of begin proper. Do you enjoy this time of year? The best of lists, finding albums that you might have missed along the way, catching up on music? I do, um, but it also makes me a little bit stressed because there's like um, certain like albums, like big albums that people will have been like talking about quite a lot, but maybe will have gone over my head. Like I kind of find that I'm very slow to come to some albums because they're pushed so much. So like a lot of the albums released this year, I actually had to kind of very quickly listen to them last week um whereas I am quite slow to kind of come to things I would be a bit of a creature of habit where I will just kind of stick with like the bands and artists that I know um and kind of have their new music on repeat because I'd be interested in that but this year I did try to push myself a little bit with say like the Robin album I was really shocked by that how much I enjoyed it but I do love it because it reminds me of then like other albums I'm kind of I'm kind of the other end of the spectrum. It's like the small releases that I miss along the way. I don't know if you ever pick up the Wire magazine, but they're like yeah. very like underground stuff you've never heard it's of. Very niche. You know, yeah. you think you know something about music and then you're like, I haven't heard of any of the songs or albums in their top 50. So I kind of come at it from that, but I enjoy it. And then there's also the, I just didn't get it. Like with Cat Power. Yeah. So what is your standout album of the year? This is a very rogue one because I only came to it earlier this week and it was Sun Kill Moon's album uh called This Is My Dinner. Sun Kill Moon, not someone that I'm too bothered by at all. Same. I had no invested interest in anything really that Mark Kozlak had done previously. I just always found him to be a little bit intimidating even through a speaker. So I was always quite afraid to like sit down with the Sun Kill Moon album or any of his solo records. Um but I stuck this album on. It came out in, I think, it, towards the end or at the start of this month. Actually, it's very, it's a, it's a very new album. What I loved about it was just like even from the get go, it very much has like a live album feel. Like you almost kind of are like, oh, is this recorded at like a concert? Because he's constantly like addressing like audience members and he's talking to his band and there's like kind of call and response things with like him, the band, the like a sort of audience as well but all of the songs are just about his like tour diaries so like there's one song where he's talking about like a woman that he meets after a show and they have a conversation there's another where he's like talking about his favorite restaurants in like Copenhagen there's another then where he's like talking about writing a song like on the plane and I just kind of found those like insights very like like very very personal and like really vivid in the imagery that they created like I I could really imagine I felt like I was on the road with Mark which like I've always been quite curious as to like what it must be like to be on the road and he's just always like I'm so tired I really just want to get a good night's sleep. I'm really old now. This place has a good plate of deer meatballs, which he does mention at one stage. And he like pleads with like his listener to like stop eating reindeer because it's his favorite um, animal. So and like the music is really cool and it. it's very, very smooth. It's very inviting. It's very warm. Um. So, yeah, that was my standout album, which if you had have asked me in January, or like said to me and like that that would be my standout it's not just recency bias you think you'll you'll come back to it'll stick with you yeah like I was listening to it again this morning and 
I don't know, it's just like every time I listen to it, I have a big cheesy smile on my face because I love it so much. <laughs> I tend to kind of divide my albums and listening kind of always between Irish and international. I kind of do delineate between the two and like that can be good and bad in certain respects. So like my international album of the year, you could probably take two or three picks. I kind of flip between them, I think. If I was to choose my absolute favorite album of the year, it would probably be Parquet Courts wide awake interesting they're just a really really great guitar band and that's something that i'm never going to get tired of i don't think the first song total football is just an absolute belter of a song that's my favorite opener of the year on an album and they played it live at the olympia at the start of november and it's just as good as i expected you know when you see a band sometimes and they can disappoint it just didn't disappoint at all particularly just that song and i just love the way that it kind of goes through the way that it continues through i think i think it's a brilliant guitar album and i just can't quit it yeah i really love um the kind of softer songs on that album as well (laughs) like i love mardi gras beats i really really like that because they can they can be quite an abrasive band like i find that i can't listen to them all the time i have to be in a certain mood for them yeah there's a bit of a punk kick to it yeah but i think once you get it and a lot of people won't get it i think a lot of people listen to one song and be like no not for me next (laughs) which which is like the thing that we do nowadays as well it's just like on to the next thing 30 seconds in that's enough for me then the polar opposite like an album that i could i could go back and forth with as my album of the year is first aid kit ruins because they're a band that i haven't really listened to before we were talking just before uh we pressed record just that you've seen them a couple of times you're obviously a fan i wasn't really a fan beforehand because i had never really listened to them I listened to Ruins and I just connected with the album so much, which I have no right to do because it's a breakup album. And oh, yeah, I fucking love breakup albums. <laughs> it's it, there's kind of a running theme through some of the uh, through some of the albums that I've listed, and I just think this one is so good. The lead single "Fireworks" is uh, one of my songs of the year, and you can mention pretty much any song on there. I I just really really like it, and I like the journey that they take you on because it was one of the uh two women in um the band broke up with her boyfriend and so she just kind of wrote through that so it kind of feels like it's them it's not quite diary entry-ish but it's kind of uh you can tell that writing it helped them through the process of breaking up i think what other albums have you been enjoying i thought i had predicted that Stephen malcolmus would be your album of the year because you've been not banging on about it I do love Stephen Malcolmus a lot. Um, yeah, I do. I absolutely love Sparkle Hard, and that probably would have been my album of the year. Mm, actually, no, I don't think it would have been. It was definitely in my top five of albums from this year. Um, I really, really loved uh, Lowe's album, Double Negative. Again, kind of like that Parquet Courts kind of thing where you have to be in a certain mood especially for this album because there it's like so intense and it's so um assaulting to your ear like there was one there was one review I read of it and it was like it summed it up perfectly where it sounds where they said um I think it was Ian Lamont said it in Totally Dublin he said that it sounded like you're listening to this album underwater because it's so like that like weird kind of like intensity you get like in your ears from water that's an album that you i can really really appreciate you know from a like an aesthetic point of view but i don't know if i totally connected with it mm, i loved 
walking listening to it especially at night um and i saw them live actually in vicar street and i was really curious to see how they would perform those songs live and they kind of like stripped them back a little bit and they were a bit more pleasant and a bit more melodic and you could really kind of like hear Alan's lyrics very clearly in the live setting whereas on the album they get kind of lost and like bleed into like all the distortion and also Beach House's album I loved that they're one of the returning bands who uh I I think that I heard you talking about them on the No Encore podcast yeah yeah and (laughs) Uh, Guilty. <laughs> and and I and I think what I remember you talking about was f- fair enough. It's kind of like more of the same from Beach House, mm-hmm. but it was like it was more of the same but better. Yeah, I don't know what it was about it, but it's just is is it just like reminding you how great they are? Yeah, like because I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great album as well. Probably their best in five years or six absolutely. Years or yeah, because the last two albums I just felt were very boring. It was just kind of run-of-the-mill beach house. Sort exactly, of thing. yeah. It just felt like they'd release an album, but it was just one big long song. Um, whereas with Seven, it's it's just very varied, and they all like also like songs like um, Lemon Glow and Drunken LA. They're just so different sonically to anything really that they've done before. So I remember when I like stuck on the album for the first time. I was really shocked and I had to like keep reminding myself that it was a Beach House album other than like Victoria's vocals. Sometimes I would forget and be like, who is this again? And I'd be like, oh yeah. That's um, nice that a band can kind of surprise you. Yeah. Even when you know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what about you? What other albums stood out to you? Oh, um, I, w- I wanted to hear more about Stephen Malcolmus before I started talking oh. again. <laughs> oh, gladly. <laughs> like, I really like Sparkle Hard. There's a lot of it I like. I really like the last song as well that kind of goes on. I like a song that just kind of goes on a little long. Yeah, what I loved as well about like that album, especially with that last song, um, Difficulties and then... I think Let Them Eat Bells. Yeah, is that like it starts in one in one kind of like mood and then like it just trickles off into something else and then it gets bigger and then very very different to how it started and you're it takes you on this like little adventure that you didn't expect it to take you on and like my one of my favorite my favorite song maybe from this year was solid silk and which is on that album it's like one of the slower songs like like maybe track three or i think it's track three and i also loved the like new things he did with like the um auto tune i was that's what i was waiting to hear what you thought about that i I loved it it. i thought it was i loved it it was so like so unexpected i found a grating i was like oh I, i can't get over it like if if i had to review it like i would instantly detract a star just because of that really and I pro- it'd probably make it a four-star album <laughs> because I, I i think it's really really great it's probably his best album since yeah. whenever whenever you want to mention i mean i'm not gonna say it's his best solo album because i don't know it, him that well as a solo act but uh i i was surprised that it hit so hard even though the sing the main single as well bike lane i think bbc six music where i kind of hear a lot of my new music i don't really like that song I, I was always like, oh, this song again. When it comes on, I find it too slow and I find it really, really boring. Really? Yeah. I That's one of my favourite songs on it. You take those two away, I think it's a really great album. You got to talk to Stephen Malcolmus. How was he? 
he was really really cool um it was quite a surreal interview because it was something that i it was on my like my bucket list kind of and also goal of the year um because once i saw that he one had an album out and then was coming to dublin i just in my head was like right i have to try and interview him i don't care how what extreme lengths i have to go to um so when the day actually came i was so nervous and also really excited but he was just so nice like he was chilling at home every now and again he'd give out to his daughter tell her to be quiet his dog was like whining in the background and then we got to talk about football which was great but it was like listening to him talk about how he works and like create songs was just so cool especially like because he's such a legend and it has influenced so many people um he's just very like relaxed about the whole thing like in that real like kind of california kind of way so no, he was a cool guy. I, it was definitely one of my favorite interviews that I've done. And um, when we were talking about the auto tune, like like when I brought it up, he kind of seemed uh, like like that's all he's being asked about on the album. Yeah, like he is being asked about that a lot, but I don't know if he's maybe a little kind of shy about it or something. Yeah. I th- yeah. Like wow, what have I done here? But I was like, I love it. Like, I think I kind of maybe a little bit fangirled. And I was like, I think the auto tune is great. And I loved it. And it was blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, cool, thanks. But no, he was, he was a cool guy. <laughs> uh, some of my other favorite albums of the year. Uh, I thought Courtney Barnett released another really great album. Yeah. Tell Me How You Really Feel. It probably wasn't as successful as her first album whose name escapes me right now the really long title isn't it oh sometimes i sit and think and sometimes i just think teamwork (laughs) because i think it was such a surprising and refreshing sound and so lyrically dense and this is another album which is really kind of like first aid kit it's very wears its heart on its sleeve it's kind of about her i think kind of dealing with her mental health issues in a way there's a lot of tracks on there where you almost feel like she's revealing too much but i really really enjoyed it and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about gigs of the year later on in the year, but her, I finally got to see her live for the first time at the Olympia in November, and it was one of my favorite gigs of the year. Uh, Ariana Grande is someone that I've really admired for a long time. I think, I think she's an absolutely brilliant pop star, and after the Manchester attacks last year, I can't think of any more dignified response than what she did, and like putting on the uh, arena show for the victims as well and everything about her new album sweetener is so good i think tracks five through ten are just like absolute pop perfection and then the last song is five minutes and 24 seconds in length uh which is there's a bit of silence towards the end but that's actually a tribute to it's a tribute to the victims of the attack and the survivors of the attack the attack happened on the 24th of may so that's that's what um that is and then she goes away and has like the relationship of the summer. Yeah. People loved her going out with your man from Saturday Night Live. Pete David- Davidson. Davidson, yeah. yeah. And then she breaks up with him and then she releases another banger. Thank you, next, which is just ah. <laughs> uh, I think she I think she's so great. I think she's uh she's just so good. And then just this week as we we're recording, she like went on a bit of a Twitter rant against Pierce Morgan, which is always going to be like fair play. Yeah. What what did she say to him? Thank you fucking next. <laughs> She's great. She's great. And that kind of takes me into kind of a bit of a pop vein for a little bit. The Carters, Beyonce and Jay-Z, Mr. and Mrs. Carter, released Everything is Love. I guess the third album, presumably the finale in their kind of trilogy of albums detailing their relationship. 
Beyonce's album, then Jay-Z's album, 444. And now the Carter's album, Everything Is Love, which coincided. It was surprise released and it coincided with their big world tour that started in Liverpool. I think it was released the day after it started. And it's great. I think Beyonce's really, really good. Uh, Jay-Z isn't too... Jay Z. <laughs> I was wondering what word you were going to use to describe his style. There's some of it where I think, oh, he's finally kind of got his mojo back. Again, it's an album which is surprisingly, I don't want to say wears its heart on its sleeve again. I wish I had a little synonym for, for that phrase, but that's kind of what it is. You know, it really lays bare, it lays it all out, which is surprising for like a superstar couple. I, yeah. So I. <laughs> get into trouble sometimes with certain friends for saying that I think that Beyonce is incredibly overrated with the whole Lemonade album and as you're saying like this album the Carters it wears like their kind of tumultuous couple of years very openly on the record sleeve I just find it a bit annoying and I feel like I'm listening to an episode from of Ricky Lake from the 90s where it's like Beyonce like talk to your husband about this like don't you think she's bearing too much laundry in public yeah to kind of try and make her this hero I think she's like very much aware of how her uh, lyrics especially on this album are making her brand even brighter and stronger and I've, I, like, I'm, I'm just quite cynical towards. That's what I was. Uh, it yeah. sounds like a cynical take on the I, album. Yeah, I just kind of feel that it's taking too much advantage of their personal and private lives. I kind of think you know, talk to each other, <laughs> and not your record producer. <laughs> uh, Young Fathers released another superb album. I think that they're a band who are just hitting uh, every every notch on the way. They, I don't think that they've put a foot wrong yet coco sugar was released earlier this year and i think it's a really solid album even though like i can't really say what the themes of it are but i know that i enjoy it all they're really kind of short sharp weird bursts of music and kind of soul singing on top and it's just if you like young fathers i think it just like takes them up again for me uh any other albums that you want to uh i had two quite very very surprise albums that i really loved as well maybe three actually the mitski album i was reading oh i meant to mention mitski (laughs) that would be up there as well yeah i was really shocked by how much i enjoyed be the cowboy puberty 2 i just found a little bit like pop punky for my liking kind of like first aid kid i i hadn't really given her much time yeah. before this year but man that album is so good yeah That's, it's like 32 minutes long i love a good 30 minute album it's great and her song on that nobody like i remember like when i was listening to that i just i think i actually just mostly listened to nobody maybe for the whole 32 minutes on the flip side julia halter she released an album last month aviary yeah aviary, which is 90 minutes it's like 82 minutes or something like that yeah i find it really hard to get into yeah it's very cinematic which is kind of apt for it being like an hour and a half long so kind of feature length film length feature film length but what i loved about it was that it really reminded me of broadcast and like bjork and just like how 
weird the arrangements get i really love that i love when artists and musicians just like take their instrument and bring it to like the nth degree and not follow like too strict a formula or like if they're manip- if they're kind of like ruled by radio play or marketability of a song I, I just love it when people go absolutely buck wild. I think it's great. <laughs> uh, I've, I did want to talk about the Mitski album just because I think if you gave me another month and, and since we're recording this at the end of November, come December 31st, I probably will be saying that uh, Be The Cowboy is my favourite album of the year. Lindsay Zolat wrote a really great article called Not Another Women In Rock article for theringer.com, which might be my website of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's love- actually what uh, I call Ring's End, The Ringer. uh discussing uh lindsay discusses uh mitski's be the cowboy and she's got some really good um stuff in there mitski says of the album title in my daily life i tend to be the quintessential asian woman so i thought what if i was a tough white cowboy so that's what kind of inspired uh the uh, album title and then there's a really good quote from mitski in the album she says when i say feminine album She's kind of discussing the idea of fem- feminine ideas within the album. She says, when I say feminine album, immediately the perception is that it must be soft and lovely. But I mean feminine in the violent sense, desiring but not being able to define your desire, wanting power but being powerless and blaming it on yourself or just hurting yourself as a way to let out the aggression in you. It's a lot of pent up anger or desire without a socially acceptable outlet. When I think of my disappointments of the year, I keep thinking of missing see i can't be too disappointed because on the same night that mitski was in um the venue in dublin oh the tivoli the tivoli yeah, yeah i was watching ruth nega as hamlet uh elsewhere so i could i couldn't have gone to the gig anyway but i'm really disappointed that i missed mitski and it does sound like it was a show that was full of kind of pent-up anger she was like wearing knee pads and pacing the length of the stage constantly and dropping to her knees it sounds like it was a really intense show and kind of the right outlet for like an album full of these kind of themes of anger and she's part of as as Lindsay says in that article title it was a really really good year for kind of what I'm calling like women go emo yeah I like that I I, I don't quite know how to uh, how to put it not emo as in uh, that genre of music from the early noughties like wearing your emotions on your sleeve snail mail who's only like 19 i think I she's know, 20 yeah. now uh she released an absolutely superb album called lush mitski released be the cowboy soccer mommy which is a dreadful name it's really uh, bad it's hard to say to your friends who you enjoy yeah. this year really like soccer mommy maybe that <laughs> maybe that's what the joke is uh she released a really good album called clean boy genius is Lu- lucy dacus phoebe bridgers and julian baker and they released a really classy p recently natalie Pratt released another album this year and adrian lenker from uh, big thief released a solo album too which i really like and big thief were my album of the year last year so it's probably no surprise that i really enjoy all of these albums i kind of think that they're kind of on the same uh, uh spider web venn diagram of music so that's kind of one particular genre of music that i've really been enjoying this year yeah that snail mail album is great i really really loved that i remember last year possibly one of her songs appeared on my discover weekly maybe or i was maybe like just in a deep like spotify hole of like related artists related artists and i just kept going on that 
and I came across this one song I can't remember what it's called but it's on this album and I really 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 loved it and I was trying to find more of her stuff at the time and I couldn't and then I forgot about her for a bit and then I saw that like snail mail kind of appeared again and I was like oh that sounds really familiar why does that sound familiar and then when I saw there was an album I got really excited and I really really loved it and that came after I think Soccer Mommy's album so like before that I was I got mildly into Soccer Mommy like I liked it but I didn't love it and I kind of grew very tired grew tired of it very quickly like she played in Dublin not too long ago and I was kind of half tempted to go but then I decided not to but I found that then when Snail Mail's album came out it just kind of blew yeah blew that out of the water as well what another disappointment of the year was uh snail mail at icelandic airwaves i was she was like number one of what i was most looking forward to at uh the festival and i was really disappointed by it oh um but she's someone who's been on the road all year Mm. as well i think she might just be tired of it she's only 19 or 20 so i can't i'm not going to criticize her that much because i feel like (laughs) shit. she um was supporting malcolmus as well actually i think for a little bit um another album that was really great was fantastic furniture it's you know julia jacklin Oh, okay. yeah. She had um, a kind of side project with like two of her friends, maybe two. Yeah, two of her friends, and they released an album back in May, maybe. And it's great. It's really cool. It's very, it's very similar to her solo material. Um, a bit more kind of like punchy and like, and in like infectious and very very catchy, like very hook driven. Um, but I love her voice, and I think. I would just listen to absolutely everything that she listens to. That was a really good kind of off the beaten track album that I enjoyed a lot this year. I listened to it a lot actually in work because it's a very um, fun album to listen to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I haven't even mentioned the Kamasi Washington album, Heaven and Earth, which is, it can be almost daunting it's like it's a proper double album it's four lps as well and if you were to get one record this year one vinyl record uh splash out on that one because it looks unbelievable and uh he's playing next year i'm really looking forward to seeing him john hopkins released another difficult album i suppose you could call it i really uh enjoy when it kind of reaches its zenith yeah it, it gets there it can take a while to get there and i think that that's what might have disappointed some john hopkins fans on release it wasn't an immediate album yeah but you sit with it and i think that you really get rewarded riley walker is a guy who uh has been to cork a good few times so i really should already be a fan but his album that deaf uh deaf man glance is uh really connected with me there's a couple of great tracks on there i think he's uh he's found his stride and yeah i could go on mentioning albums but it's I guess that's enough if you've been uh, making a list. Quick word on the Arctic Monkeys album, because I know that you weren't a fan. Uh, I'm I'm a huge Arctic Monkeys fan. They're probably my favorite band, because that's how unimaginative I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. They released an album called Tran- Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. It's a really weird album, and the soundings of it at, at the time of release and all the pre-release uh, stuff that we were hearing was that it was basically a an Alex Turner solo album and I think that that's kind of what it turned out to be four stars out of five was kind of the first single they said that they didn't want to do singles then they release the albums then they do singles that's a 
really really great uh track as i said i love rating things i love you know, <laughs> how could i not like something called four stars out of five um the rest of the album i think as an arctic monkeys fan i really like it but i think it's kind of like their third album which had crying lightning on it it's one that i'll forget about in a couple of years and it's it's like they can do whatever they want did i want another am not really I had a lot of gripe with this album because Arctic Monkeys, like yourself, when I was growing up, like they were one of my favourite bands. I, I saw them a few times and then I also, like anything that Alex Turner did when I was younger, I just thought was golden. Um, like I love. What happened? What happened? <laughs> I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I grew didn't. up, but Alex didn't. Um, but with this album, I... I don't know, from the second last Shadow Puppets album, I kind of could sense that like any Arctic Monkey, any Arctic Monkeys material that was to come after that was going to be very affected by the last Shadow Puppets because I felt that like he really got swept up in the image that he created for himself in that. Like, and I think he really thrived on being compared to people like Scott Walker and like David Axelrod and obviously they're two very like cool and incredibly talented and revered musicians and uh, producers so I think yeah he got very swept up in his ego for this album and even the like concept for it where it's like they're in some like is it a dingy motel that's been planted on on Mars or, so, or on the moon? Um, that's ringing alarm bells straight away. Yeah, like, like just even in general, the thought of Arctic Monkeys doing a concept album like that is very bewildering. And then, like, I listened to it and I was just struck by how it sounded like a James Bond theme song throughout. And I was really, really... It, it actually did make me... I know this sounds ridiculous, but it did actually make me quite upset in a like just how much they had changed from like how great they were on their debut album and how like visceral that was and how it was very much like stories from like their area and I guess like one of the things as well is that like they became famous so young that those life experiences were capped and they were then surrounded by like you know the brit awards and like people who are really famous and other musicians and like paul weller and johnny meyer and they're like oh these guys are really cool so they kind of lost out on like having ex- like interesting experiences to write about and i feel that they just kind of like they're very stale on this album i think and even like alex turner's cadence when he's speaking he just doesn't sound like he's from sheffield anymore and i know he's been in la for years now but i just find that very sad that like he's very much a shell of his former very talented self wow i can't really disagree (laughs) with any of that which is really disappointing (laughs) you know i i i I agree with a lot of it and yet still i'll enjoy listening to the album i'm fine with going along on the journey with them but yeah I kind of look forward to the next album yeah yeah i'm very interested to see what the next one was sound like yeah hopefully the 
I don't know. I wonder will the lads be like, hey, Alex, we can still play. Our yeah, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> can I ask you what you thought of Father John Misty's album? Oh, I, I have no time for Father yeah. John Misty. I just, okay, that's good to know. You know, I, I, I even listen to I think I might have listened to one or two singles, but it's like he just, I just know he does nothing for me. So, yeah, it's just not for me. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I was I like I really liked um, Fear Fun. I thought that was great. But I, I just think he's an absolute obnoxious <laughs> moron. <laughs> and so let's come on to Irish albums of the year. I would probably say I think that it was a relatively weak year for Irish albums, but a strong year for Irish music. I yeah. don't know—is that an oxymoron? I was actually, yeah, I was thinking about this this morning. I feel that it was a very good year for Irish music in terms of like some like favorites returning and like established like artists and musicians coming back like we had David Kitt we had um De Laurentiis they released an album Girls Names O Emperor Villagers We Cook Corners Lisa O'Neill what really struck me was that there was very few great debut albums this year I think Saint Sister was a great Saint Sister is a great debut album I was quite disappointed by Reggie Snow's album, I have to say. Oh, okay. Um, I was disappointed by his live show that I saw at Iceland Airwaves a couple of weeks ago because it's just not an album that I think lends itself to a live show because it's got so much kind of guest vocals on it. I I think it's actually a a really good album. It's probably one that goes on too long. (laughs) I think that was my main thing. It's a very long album. And also, I just find that I'm still searching for an identity for Reggie Snow even going back when he was kind of first making a name as Lex Luthor I just have to think about that Lex Luger is the super is the <laughs> so Lex Luthor he was called for a while and I just felt like he was searching for an identity eventually he settles on Reggie Snow and yet on the album I'm kind of like wait which one is Reggie oh okay you know I still feel like I'm not exactly sure what kind of a rapper he is yeah I just kind of I listened to it and I just felt very much that he was emulating his idols or not maybe not even idols that's quite a strong um term to put on them but like people that like he maybe listens to a lot and admires and maybe inspired him to like get into music like Tyler the creator was kind of one of them I just was like, mm, this kind of sounds... Yeah. But when I say it's kind of a weak enough year for Irish albums, I'm probably saying that with the idea that I think it's pretty easy to come up with 90%, 80% of what the choice prize list is. So I'm going to... I'll I'll list it. Kojak is a question mark. I don't think that it actually qualifies for the choice prize. It. I think even though I think it will be in a lot of people's albums of the year, but I don't think it qualifies uh, because the choice on its website says it's got it does have Kojak's Delhi Daydreams listed in K under its album releases, but their rules state and rules are there for a reason. <laughs> Zara, an album an album must be over thirty three minutes twenty seconds in length, or a minimum of nine separate tracks and a minimum of twenty five minutes of music. So Delhi Daydreams is eight tracks and twenty seven minutes. So I don't think it counts, even though I think it will be on a like if I was doing up my ten albums of the year. Uh, for the point of everything, I think Kojak would be on it. Uh, David Kitt would be would be up there. De Laurentos. I don't have the names of the albums, so um, I'm sure people can find them easier. Uh, <laughs> That's what the internet David is for. David <laughs> Kitt, De Laurentos, Paddy Hanna, Reggie Snow, O Emperor, Villagers, Saint Sister, Wyvern Lingo, and Bridget May Power. I think that's nine. And Lisa O'Neill, rounding it off. 
I, I think it's an, an obvious enough list. There have been other really good albums as well. And I must say that on the day that we're recording, there are still a couple of albums still to come. Spy's album is only released today, so I haven't spent enough time with that to say whether or not I think it should be on the list. Uh, Redneck Manifesto are releasing their album uh, next week. It's probably out by the time that people are listening to this podcast. And a guy from Cork who I really, really like, Luke O'Neill, aka Damsel, is releasing is supposed to be releasing his debut album in December as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. But... I haven't given them enough time. So that 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 is the peril of recording your best of podcast <laughs> in uh, in November. Uh, yeah, I really like David Kitt's album. It was his first solo album in a while, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like maybe eight years. Yeah. About eight years. I loved it. I thought it was a really great album. The, he did incorporate some New Jackson stuff in there, mm. but it wasn't overbearing or anything like that. You know, th- there's definitely a delineation between the two acts. Yeah, and I kind of felt um, he released an EP... Uh, called like lightning um two months ago maybe two or three months ago yeah yeah. and i felt even more so with that album it felt like drawing much closer the new jackson and david kitt projects even closer together which i i really enjoyed that bridge and my pair album as well that's the two worlds it's a gorgeous album yeah she's great she's some she's someone who i just like want to shout at everybody (laughs) <laughs> I want to shout at everybody about. I'm just like, same, why aren't you yeah. listening to her? I think she's. I just love the way she draws sentences out. Mm. It's like her songs will be like four lines, and it'll be like eight minutes long, and yeah. it's just her singing those lines and elongating every single syllable. Yeah, of I, it. I saw her at um another love story in the summer, and she did an absolutely gorgeous version or cover of Fred Neil's song Dolphins. It was really nice. Um, and she's been doing great. Like, she just finished a tour with Damien Gerardo as well. Actually, his album is great. He released a very, very good album. It's very easy to listen to. If you had told me at the start of the year that Villagers were releasing an album this year, and I probably wouldn't have it at the top of my, like, favourite Irish albums, I'd be really surprised. Mm. I really like the art of pretending to swim. I love the art of pretending to swim. But there are just a little few things going on in there that I'm still not sure about. That soul sample in there, I, I can enjoy it. But then once I'm enjoying it, I catch myself and I'm like, I just find it so jarring. Yeah, that's on Love Came With All That It Brings. Yeah. yeah. I love Villagers. I think they're, I think Conor O'Brien is a great musician. He's very talented, and, great and lyricist. Made, and he made this album himself as well. Completely and, up in his attic, yeah. So. And when you talk about albums as well, I think it is one of those, it's like it's literally got bells and whistles on it sort yeah. of thing, you know <laughs> there's so much to discover he says yeah. it's you know you'll get rewarded if you're listening on headphones and every yeah. time i listen i hear something different so i do enjoy that aspect of it and i really like the singles yeah but i think i don't know if i think it's a really good album without being an amazing album which yeah. is a little disappointing for me i absolutely love the song um long time waiting yeah a long time waiting i love that song so much um i just love the groove in it and it I always find that like whenever I'm listening to it, it, like my head is there bopping along with it. But like you were saying, like with discovering new bits, like in the songs from that album, I remember on Instagram a while ago, he had um, a video of him playing a solo on a triangle. And I was like, 
what the hell and here is like uh new music coming soon and it was the like little kind of like triangle bit that you can hear in trick of the light so now whenever i listen to that song it's all i can hear like i actually can't even hear lyrics or anything else i can't hear bass or drums or anything it's literally just that um triangle line which is quite good <laughs> uh released true surrender this year and i think it's kind of like a return to form for them uh they won the choice prize with in love with detail the year that i was a judge on the choice prize and they released two albums you can make sound and night becomes light which i think are okay but i think that true surrender is much better than them so that's why i think uh it should be on the list i, I really like them I've, I, I love their pop sensibilities and i think they're really really good songwriters as well yeah hillary wood's album cult as well i thought was great oh, i couldn't get into that because well i mean i could have gotten into it but i felt it was so overbearingly katie kim ish i feel like okay. katie not that it's in debt to katie kim but i just couldn't get her out of my head and i think she's amazing and she kind of does this but a little bit better okay i just loved the. i found it very much like a slumbrous twin peaks kind of like david lynch vibe which she's on sacred bones i think which is the same label that like a lot of david lynch and like dean hurdy they're all on that label as well uh oh emperor probably are two yeah like every time i listen to it the more and more i think oh man this is just an album of the year i just think it's the most incredible album yeah kind of like the villagers album there's so much going on in there that yeah. you can listen again and again and again and find something else that you really like it also sounds like absolutely nothing else i've listened to this year yeah just the sheer level of musicianship in that album is i've seen i saw them four times i think this year oh wow you're a fan. Yeah, I love them. But they're just great. It's, called, it's called Jason and it kind of mixes jazz. It mixes just so... There's just too much going on. Yeah, like Frank Zappa kind of stuff in there. Afro beat kind of stuff. It's just very fun. I think that's... Yeah, I think, yeah, that's I think you can of, tell that they're having fun as well with the little um, kind of samples of vocals that they have running through it as well. Yeah. It, it's an album where you can't really listen to it passively because it catches you every now and again and brings you back in yeah no i love and i haven't even mentioned pally hannah's album yet oh yeah so maybe it has been a really good year yeah for what were you talking about <laughs> no, yeah. never listen to me i'm completely wrong pally hannah frankly i mutate uh i was saying for the first half of the year like ah oh, it's probably my album of the year i think paddy's just finally realized what everybody kind of expected that he's like a really great songwriter and he'll get there eventually and i think he's kind of gotten there and uh it's another album where he kind of wrestles with himself and with mental health and with a load of other things but then he does songs like bad boys which came which was released last year but uh just so good it's a great I, song I, lo I love everything about the album i think it's great uh, to lose the kisser i think is my favorite song on that um i think that's a fantastic song it's so good that wasn't a debut album he released his debut album a couple of years ago one album that was really good this year that i really enjoyed was wyvern lingo they're a band who've been around for ages and uh maybe it's kind of it took them a while to just reach the level of musicianship that they wanted to be i feel that's that sounds bad <laughs> but um you know they it's a real kind of r&b pop album and i don't mm. think that they would have made that when they started out they were maybe more more leaning towards first aid kit mm. their kind of early sound but wyvern lingo on their debut album have, have gotten there and they've gotten the acclaim that's judy followed as well selling out the academy and putting on really good festival shows i think they're a really really good band 
uh, from Wicklow and Saint Sister are not really a similar band at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> there's women in it. That is the only thing. Uh, they released their debut album, and uh, I love it. It took me. It kind of took me a while to kind of click with them. They're probably the band that I've seen the most this year. I've. It just seems like every month I was kind of seeing Saint Sister. Yeah. And <laughs> and one or two times I was like, okay. Like where, where is the excitement? And then suddenly everything clicked with me. Shape Silence came out in October, I think, and just there are so many songs on there that I love. Uh, Twin Peaks is probably my song of the year. I've listened to that so much, and every time overall song of the year, maybe yeah. I love uh, the song "All My Friends Are in Berlin Now." Oh yeah, I, like what an anthemic line to hear sung back at a at a gig. I'd love to uh, experience that, even though I don't have any friends living in berlin <laughs> i'm such a fraud i'm such a fraud but uh yeah causing trouble again like all of the singles are really good and i i think maybe maybe it goes down slightly in the second half but i think it's a 8.5 or a 9 out of 10 yeah. album. i think it's absolutely superb and th- those songs live as well are just stupendous they're so good um i was saying to um I saw them a few times in October and I get this, like, it's kind of embarrassing. I get really intense ASMR when I listen to them live. <laughs> so, like, do you know, like, when something really relaxes you and you get tingles on the top of your head? Okay. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get, like, it just really relaxes me and I get, like, I have this weird experience that really freaks me out. Like, I don't like it. Well, no, I obviously do like it because I'm relaxed. But um, yeah, it just goes to show that music can have a very nice effect on people. (laughs) Just another word on Kojak Deli Daydreams. Uh, It took me a while to actually press play. And, you know, I I had heard a lot of the hype. I had seen a lot of the hype, but I actually hadn't pressed play. I think that that is a syndrome of like listening to music in 2018. Yeah, You can think you know a band without actually listening to a band. Yeah. because you see so many uh opinion similar opinions as well because you're in your own bubble yeah as well so i just presumed oh yeah kojak is going to be huge wait what does kojak sound like yeah <laughs> and so i finally did press play on deadly daydreams and oh man it's so good i'm going to see him on the 5th of december in cork oh, so cool. that that should be really really good i'm really looking forward to seeing him uh i think he's gonna have a huge 2019 but yeah that album's great yeah can we talk about the kanye albums i just wanted to kind of get your opinion and kind of take on the five albums and just like this was like his his good music spree in was it june june yeah uh, he was just squirreled away in a in a studio and recorded his own album yay i can't actually remember the um order that he released him in but he worked on push it t daytona his own album nas nazir which yeah. i actually haven't listened to um i keep forgetting to listen to uh that album tiana taylor's ktse and kidsy ghost a collaboration with kid cuddy called kidsy ghost i kind of love all of those albums yeah i think they're brilliant maybe the first half of his own album yay is a little disappointing but then the second half really hits the highs yeah i mean they're all about 30 minutes long as well they're seven tracks less than 30 minutes long. so i guess that that's like the perfect listening time like you were mentioning earlier love a 30 minute album love almost all of these albums i think kidsy ghost is probably my favorite but push it tease album got me like push t like i've been waiting for him to kind of get me yeah 
So yeah, I'm I'm all in. I think that Tayana Taylor album kind of probably suffered. I think that that might have been the last one that was no, Nas was the last album that was released. But I think uh, she kind of passed under the radar a little yeah. bit. But that that could arguably be the best one. I think yeah. it's brilliant. I think that I mean with Kanye, there's so much not to like, particularly this year with the old red cap on him and meeting Donald Trump and stuff. But you know, you can't argue with his musicianship. I just think he's an absolute genius who uh, doesn't get doesn't get the credit. I think. The mainstream, the lame stream media. The mainstream. <laughs> you know, it's it's so easy to write him off, but I just think he's a genius. Mm. I, I enjoy everything that he does. Yeah, I I enjoyed the Pusha T album and I enjoyed the Kid See Ghosts one. I would agree with you. I think that that's my favorite of the five Wyoming albums. I really didn't like Yay at all. At all? Mm. I, th- I think the second half is really good. And, and the themes that he's just like, it's a really hard album. I'd say it's, It'd be a hard album for someone who's been through some things to listen to because yeah. it's so honest. Yeah, it's very, very intense. The Nas album I found very boring. Yeah, he's he's someone who I've never actually kind of gotten into. I always, yeah, neither have you I. know, there's so there's so much that um I need to listen to, and I always feel like I I haven't got it with him. But he he's kind of got a questionable past as well, so I'm like not sure if I need to get into him either. Yeah, and then another album actually that everyone has been going on about that I have found very difficult to get into is the Idols album. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Um, they're a band who I should love and I just don't. I've switched it off yeah. two or three times halfway through. Them and Shame and another kind of band of yeah. those ilks. People love Idols. Love them. I think they might be the saviors of music, but they're not for me. Yeah, they're no. not my saviors yeah. of music. <laughs> I've seen so many people as well saying that they're the best live band that they've seen. And so much so that I was actually very tempted to just go along t- mm. just to see what they were like. But there was it was obviously sold out. And their show at Vicar Street next year is sold out as well. So, And I saw that the Fontaines are supporting them in America. Yeah, Fontaines DC, maybe they're very similar in sound. Maybe mm. it's the Irish bias that I love Fontaines DC yeah. and I don't get idols. But I love Fontaines DC. I think they're brilliant. Yeah. Talking about gigs of the year, Young Fathers, I saw twice in about two weeks. They played the Academy and then they played the inaugural It Takes a Village Festival in Trabulgan. Both shows were just stupendous. They just blew me away both times just with everything they do. It's infectious, the energy that flows through the crowd and just the the stuff that they're talking about. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Courtney Barnett at uh, the Olympia at the start of November was brilliant. I'd been waiting ages to see her live and she did not disappoint. She did a great cover of the Go Between song that everybody knows that's <laughs> escaping um, me yeah. at the moment. Um that was brilliant. Is um, that called On Your Street? Yeah. Is that on your the street? Street, streets of your street. town. Yes. That's um, it, yeah. that, it was so good. Uh she did a really good song exploder podcast for one of her tracks on the first album, um Depreston. And she says that she came up with riff for that just from strumming away and kind of the strumming going wrong when she was covering oh, cool. uh, the go-betweens track. So that's a nice little tidbit of information there. And Fontaine's DC, uh, Iceland Airwaves. It was a brilliant venue, really small, um, really low roof. Yeah. So it, looked, it felt kind of claustrophobic at times. It was busy. And then it got absolutely jammers about halfway through and the crowd just started going mental. Oh, wow. And it's like, I, I presume not a lot of people knew their stuff but uh i think everybody was a fan afterwards it was uh it was one of the f- most fun gigs i've had of the year interesting what are your 
My gigs of the year. Malcolmus again. Obviously Malcolmus. Um, that gig actually made me cry. <laughs> that's great. Uh, th- th- that's happened like very seldom with me, but yeah. it's it's always something with hindsight. You're kind of like, oh, that was a good gig. Yeah, that got me right there. Yeah. So Malcolmus, um, in Vicker Street, uh, Yola Tango in the Olympia, and actually I forgot their album from this year. Uh, There's a riot. That's an amazing album. The opener on that album you are here is actually i think that might be my song of the year it's just so gorgeous it's just an instrumental but it's so cool so them lone vicar street that was great davy kyo at another love story that was amazing i'd really love to see him in a set venue Um, he played in bellow bar a couple of months ago but i missed that and then the most recent uh, gigs that I was at that I really loved were Pharaoh Sanders in the National Concert Hall. It's like an 80, 78 year old like saxophonist. Oh, you were telling um, me about this yeah, uh, when we met each other recently. It was just really cool. Um, like he like was known for like a lot of kind of free jazz. Um, I think he would have kind of played in similar kind of circles to say like John Coltrane and um, Alice Coltrane. Um, that was really cool and also the bonk in various venues across <laughs> the country this yeah, year the, the bonk, kind of, the um, bonk were, are great what, they're, they're continuing on from oemper phil uh from oemper is it's kind of his baby with a bunch of friends yeah they're great anytime i've seen them live this year has been really really enjoyable i think that that's kind of as much as we can talk about music of the year i feel a lot more positive about it <laughs> there's been so much um that we haven't even talked about like christine and the queens janelle monet paul mccartney's album <laughs> uh, rolling blackouts coastal fever all, all of these albums i'm saying because they're in my list of disappointments of the year maybe i haven't given them enough chance but yeah maybe it was a really good uh, year for albums and i was just kind of presuming at the start so yeah. i feel I actually feel better you feel positive about it. it yeah also it was a good year for reissues actually especially in the last month because we had the white album there was like oh, okay, yeah. all of the like sessions of that and also i actually really really enjoyed this album um more blood more tracks where it was like the bob dylan um like the different takes of certain songs i really liked that um i thought that was great fleet foxes re-released their debut album and debut ep which still really really hold up and they released it oh yeah so i called it their debut ep the sun giant ep they actually had a debut ep that they only released 50 copies of a debut debut ep debut debut ep <laughs> from 2006 so that's actually on the reissue i haven't actually listened to it yet oh. but um i've got that on my uh on, on my wish list for santa so i'm hoping hoping i get that there was loads of eps loads of tracks that we could talk about but we could be here for another uh 15 20 minutes <laughs> 2018 pretty depressing news wise yeah but good music <laughs> that balances it all out <laughs> cool uh well uh enjoy christmas zara yeah you too own enjoy the rest of 2018 and have a good 2019 oh well you too (laughs) keep making great episodes of the podcast i love it (laughs) thanks